Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of December 7th. I'm your host, D-Swab, Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff of Kevin Kovac, Robert Holman, and Kyle McFadden. And Kovac, just a little news nugget right here. This week marks the one-year anniversary of me hosting the show. So I think that's kind of a big deal. Wow, man. Time flies when you're having fun, I guess. Man, just uh, can't believe it's been that long already. Man, we're we're coming up on 100 total episodes also. So uh it's uh yeah we're 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 cranking them out here and it's good to have you derek it's uh wow. it's been a fun year it's always good to have derek along it has uh it's been fun we've had plenty of crazy topics to discuss over the last 52 weeks um jonathan davenport's dominant year just stuff like that but this past weekend robert holman just we'll ask about your experience in a sec but we got to start off with tyler makes that crazy huge announcement after he you know put on a show to get by will harrington and had a duke it out battle with tanner english there for the finale at the gateway dirt nationals he and in victory lane very emotional with his mom and all of a sudden blake is interviewing him and he says yeah my dad you know passed away of a heart attack wednesday night at the dome in st louis they drove 16 hours up there as tyler herb said in the interview he smoked cigarettes nonstop, just seemed like his typical self and you know just passed away right before it starts and everybody is shocked. Ben Shelton and Dustin Jarrett are tearing up in the press box. Blake Shelton's kind of off guard. Me and Kovac are like, wait, what did he just say? I mean, it was nuts. You hear the crowd going crazy and Tyler Herb, who is a happy go lucky guy, very emotional when he wins, like, you know, fired up, but you never see this side of turbo. And he's just, you know, bawling and tearing up in victory lane. And man, I, I've seen some crazy emotional victory lanes, but that one really had the feels and, you could see people on social media, especially that maybe dog turbo in the past, like really give him like a thumbs like, man, I can, I get this guy so much credit. Robert, what was just your initial reaction? Just because the gateway is so magnified, like times 10, no matter what the instance is, but this thing, this really hit home and really hit hard with everybody in the dome. I, I just think my, my initial, I guess, reaction was kind of like you guys. It's just like, what? Well, he, and it, he just said what, and it was um, just kind of a shock, kind of um, uh, it was like he just dropped a bomb on everyone, you know. So think about how how everyone felt in shock. You can only imagine how Tyler must have felt all week, you know. I mean, I, I it was such a shocking moment that um, I mean, I admittedly. I was sitting up in one of the suite areas watching the race on like level three, I think. And so I was able to hear pretty well. And plus I was able to hear, you know, I had, it was on the the television in in that suite also. So, you know, I heard it very, I heard everything he said word for word. And I I was just, I was just dumbstruck. You know, in fact, I, I sat down and I, my daughter, who lives in uh, Charleston, Illinois now, and my my brother, uh, who's who's back home, uh, they were both watching it, and I'm not sure, you know, if they had quit watching as soon as the race was over or what. But I'm sending them both texts. Did you did you hear what he just said? You know, did you know Tyler Herb just dropped a complete bomb? You know, in in, in victory lane, it was. Uh, it was so shocking and, and very surreal. It's just like, what what did he just say? And it, and it took, I think it took time for, I don't think everyone in the Dome heard it. You know, he got a, a really, when he was getting very emotional and, and those who did hear it, I think gave him a, a huge round of applause. But I think there are a lot of guys, drivers, people back in the pit area. I think there were a lot of people who probably like you guys and like you and Kevin, you know, Kevin said he didn't really hear exactly what he said at first. And so I think there were a lot of people who were like, what, what did he just say? Who, who passed away? I don't think the initial reaction was, it was his dad, you know? And then when you, when you hear like, it was his dad that passed away, I, I swear it was after all that wrapped up. And I said this in our fast talk this week, after all that wrapped up, and the the track prep was continuing or about to finish there for the mods. It was it was silent. 
in in the inside there for a few minutes. It was just like a, a, just a complete silence. You could hear a pin drop almost. Just I think people were sitting around looking at each other, probably texting each other, you know, trying to process it. And uh, you know, the first thing that my daughter sends me a text back is is she's like, I just went to his Facebook page and it's blowing up. And that was immediately. So you're talking five minutes after the race, you know, his, his uh, face people who had been at home and heard it um, and probably some people in the dome also, but, you know, were offering condolences and whatnot on the face on his Facebook page. So um, it was a very surreal moment. Um, not, you know, obviously not something that you want to hear in victory lane, not something that you ever, ever want to hear a, a competitor have to talk about uh it's difficult losing any kind of team member any kind of I mean, we've had some losses this year guys you know we've had we've had a, a lot and it's not something that you ever want to hear especially from a young kid uh in victory lane in one of the biggest races of his career winning and about his father and the fact that it was just this past week and it was just three days ago. I mean, you know, it was just a com it just kept, you know, every single thing about it is just is just very surreal. Yeah. And oh man, I just talking to him afterwards. I'm gonna not be around the bush. I would consider, you know, Turbo a very good friend of mine, especially on the road. You know, saw him run the summer nationals. He's like 17 or 18. You know, he helps me out with swap talk a whole bunch. He did one lap, one beer with me on Friday, and you never would have even known. And Kovac, that's what I even asked them afterwards, like post-race, how did you hold this all in? I don't even know how he did it. It's kind of like just mind-boggling that he just held it all in. He did all these interviews. He was the typical turbo. Then he just, you know, unleashes all this, you know, emotion and victory lane. Like, well, I couldn't believe just his mindset that he could do that all week long. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, this wasn't like a, you know, a 55-year-old driver losing his father who was probably 80 or 90 and had been older. I mean, this was a 52 year old father uh, passing away just suddenly after Tyler, like you said, Derek, that they rode together. I mean, Tyler flew home to Thanksgiving for flew home to Texas and Thanksgiving from, you know, where he's at in Ohio now with the best performance team. And uh, they didn't best it and wasn't going to bring their hauler. They decided because they'd already cleaned it up and stuff for the, for the winter. And uh, so he was going to say like, and his father has a hauler that he uses for his crate stuff that he got a little crate late model racing. He does back home. And so Tyler and his father spent the week basically together. And that's one thing that Tyler said. He's like, I, I, I'm amazing. I mean, this is happening. This happened. It was so tragic, but I got to spend a week with my, I spent the last week of his life with him. I mean, they were in the hauler together the whole time. They went to the, they got to Ohio to pick the race car up. They go to uh, St. Louis. They went to the casino Tuesday night, you know, they were together and then he, then he passed away at the hotel and it's just, uh, he, 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 Tyler, the mature Tyler came out there when I was talking to him after the race and, and really said how that, you know consoles him a little bit that he was able to spend so much time with his dad for the last week of his life and uh which i mean you know tyler's been in ohio so he doesn't get to see he doesn't even see his dad that often at the races his, his mother and father go to some uh and his mother was there so he he was worried about his mom should we race for her so you know like i mean what would she think what was she what does she want to do it's all about him about her he said and uh, like, and he's worried about, should he go back and, and help her in Texas now afterwards? But, uh, with the first time I noticed that something had really was kind of, you know, something had happened was when Tyler hugged his mom in victory lane, right after he got out of the car, it was a long, long hug. I mean, and they were crying and, you know, I mean, I know it was a big win, but it wasn't the world 100. It wasn't, you know, it, it was something where like, man, something else is happening here. And I, and I couldn't hear from the infield. I, I mean, I, I just, it was just hard to hear uh, the, the PA system. And I heard the whole crowd roar. I'm like, what the, I mean, did he say something about Tyler Carpenter or something to get everybody, you know, really crazy. And then I went over to Blake Anderson and, and asked him and he says, Hey, he said his father passed away. Just, you know, shocking and how do you i was like that like like robert said you got to process that i mean he just said his father passed away uh in 
his he his mother's been at the track for three for three days. Tyler's been at the at, at the at the dome, and you know, I I never noticed his father there. You know, I I mean, I some you figure sometimes hey maybe they're not together. Usually when you see Tyler's mom, his father's always there too. And and I didn't notice them, but maybe you know they were just split up at that point, like up in the in, up top or you know somewhere else. And uh, and I know some. And Tyler said people did ask him that, and he says he kind of blew it off. But I'm just like ha, ha, that had to have been as tough as anything all week to 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 not come out and tell anybody who's saying, "Hey, where's your dad at?" You know, or, or, or to his mom, "Where's your husband at?" Um, to, to say, oh, at the hotel or anything, or just blow it off. I mean, that had to have been gut-wrenching for them. And uh, to have it all come out, and, and Tyler said he didn't want to, like, announce it on Facebook or something like that, and have people coming up to him for the entire uh, three days he's there, just constantly saying he didn't want that to be, like, the, you know, the, the focus of everything. So he said he would held off until, say, when he, at a, at a time he thought would be right, and ended up winning the race. I mean, what better time than that, right, Derek? Yeah, it was like a storybook, you know, fairy tale ending for Turbo to get that win. Maybe, you know, he that yellow comes out, he gets the restart and gets the whole shot. Maybe, you know, his dad was looking down on him or just like that crazy scenarios you always see, like for a good like bounce back story. Um, he's tough as nails to be able to handle that situation all week long. He's unselfish to doing stuff for flow, signing autograph for kids, taking pictures. I mean, I just couldn't imagine what was going through his head, like you said, Kovac uh robert before we get to kyle because he kind of got like the social media aspect of it so what do you got robert and then we'll go to kyle well i just kind of feel like that uh tyler didn't want to be a sentimental favorite to win this race you know and that's another thing you know when you when when you say something like that ahead of time when you say something like that you're 100 percent correct in terms of people coming by and it can be distracting and 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 you're answering a bunch of questions and people are patting you on the back and but i have a feel i have feeling to me that you know tyler wanted to go out and race this race as normal as possible without people rooting him on to a degree because of this and i i, I don't i don't think that he would have wanted to to go into this event as a as a sentimental favorite in terms of people hoping he would win this race because of that. That's just, that doesn't seem like Tyler to me. And I've talked to him for hours here and there, you know, and, and that just doesn't seem like the type of person that Tyler is that, that would want sympathy votes, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. No doubt about that. Uh, Kyle, you were at all tech doing that series. You know, you, I don't know if you were watching the broadcast at the time or, you know, getting interviews, but you probably got caught wind of it on social media where everybody's just tweeting about it. There was a huge like wildfire, just everybody, you know, congratulating Turbo and condolences to him and his family. What was just your aspect of it? Because you weren't in the building like we were, but you could just see the racing community just get behind Turbo. Yeah. So I was actually walking through the pits and I'm really glad that I went this direction. I went to Kevin Rumley's trailer and Brandon Overton was in there. <clears throat> and I had no idea who had won the race. I had no idea if the race had even finished. I had no idea. And so obviously all tech was done and I walk in of the trailer and Overton's there with Rumley, Jacqueline's there too. And, and they like wave me in, say, you know, come look at this, you know, turbo one. And I'm like, Oh, you know, this is a, a big win for turbo. And, you know, he really needs this. And then, Literally, as I walk in there, he drops the bomb that his dad had died. And I look at Kevin Rumley and I just, he like looks at me and we're just like, what? Like, are you kidding me? And like Brandon Overton just like started crying. Like he left the trailer and, and just, I was just, <laughs> we were stunned. Like we were just absolutely flabbergasted in the worst way. And so I'll never forget that. And um, just, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's like we were in all tech, like I couldn't even talk about the race that had just happened with Brandon Overton. He couldn't, couldn't even talk about it either. Just, we were just so stunned. Like, how can you even think about anything else, you know, after that? And so it's, uh, yeah, no, I'll never forget that moment. Just watching it there with 
uh, the Rumleys and then Brandon Overton. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, uh, I'll never forget that. And so that was how I, I found out was right, right there. And, in uh, the Rumley trailer. So no, I mean, and then on social media, it's just, you know, everybody it's interesting, right. That if you would have had to go into this weekend to the dome and poll fans in the dirt late model community, okay. Who are your maybe most two disliked drivers in this field? They would probably say Tyler Carpenter and Tyler Herb, right? So but to come out of this weekend and to, you know, I saw the Facebook post by Hudson O'Neill basically saying that after, you know, Turbo's win, you know, his brush up with Tyler Carpenter really means nothing in the grand scheme. And so, and then to watch people on social media and to go on social media, kind of console Tyler Herb and his family and just dish out condolences and, and, the empathy that everybody has shown toward him. I mean, it's, uh, you know, as, as Robert has mentioned, you know, it's been quite the brutal year in a way for, you know, dirt late model racing, just we've had a lot of big losses. And so, but we've also had a lot of moments this year too. I feel like that have been uh, healing moments. And so, you know, that was certainly a, a healing moment, hopefully there for Tyler and his family. And you know, I'm still stunned. So, but uh yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't find out on social media or in the highlights that, you know, I, I, I personally was thankful that, you know, I mean, not thankful, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad that if there was a way to get that information, you know, or, or to re receive that news, it, it was to be in the trailer there uh, with the Rumleys and then Brandon Overton. Yeah, just on my way home like two hours back from St. Louis to Bloomington, just looking at Twitter and it was everybody just, you know, saying, man, can't believe this. There's stuff, you know, bigger than racing, obviously. I think a lot of people, I mentioned this, there are a lot of people that may have been on the fence with Turbo, maybe didn't like his actions or, you know, just said, oh, that little punk kid, I really think it opened up their eyes. Like, man, this is the night that Tyler, you know, possibly grew up and just like, man, Cause you never know how like people handle death differently and stuff like that. And I think he handled it like a true champ. Kovac, I talked to like Tanner English and Ricky Thornton Jr. Afterwards, they're like, you know what? We wanted to win this, especially Tanner English. He's been close so many damn times, but he's like, man, if they had to get lose to anybody, I don't like to get beat. But if it was turbo tonight, he deserved it. He dro drove his ass off and under those conditions and pressure, he just showed out and it was pretty cool. Did any other drivers say some things about, you know, turbo and just the reaction that everybody had, like we did. Yeah. That, yeah Tanner English. That was a, he did say that to me also where he's like, yeah, that that's, I'm fine with it. I mean, there were like there, Tanner's had some crushing losses, a second place finish for the second year in a row in that race. And, and he's like, that's, I'm fine with that. And his car owner, I talked to Sean Martin, uh, Viper Motorsports after the race too. And he says, man, he, he goes, I wanted to win that. Uh, I, I really wanted to take that trophy that art, the St. Louis arts trophy back to Florida with him. He says, I mean, if we would have won, I, I was thinking, I don't know, I, I, me, I, Tyler, Tanner and I were going to have to battle for it or something. Cause there was only one trophy, but, uh, but then he goes, well, as soon as I heard, uh, Tyler Herb say that in, in victory lane about his dad, he goes, I I'm, I'm glad we didn't win almost, you know what I mean? He, he was just like, he, he deserved, it. I'm glad it came out the way it did. Uh, that was just perfect for him. Uh, uh, what, pretty much the first person I think I talked to when I got into the pits, uh, after that race, I think it was, I think I kind of went up to, uh, I think Jason Fegger because Fegger was pretty much the first, one of the first guys in line and maybe second or third in this trailer was second and third into the pits. And, and you know, just mask, he finished eighth and he was the last guy racing. He just kind of like stayed out there. He said, and, and, and avoided survived. Uh, and then I told him, man, man did you hear Tyler's did you hear what Tyler Herb said? His father passed away. And, and Jason was like, what? You know, he hadn't, I mean, again, like, I think like Robert said, a lot of people in the pits, they, you know, they're not hearing what's happening after that race. If they're not maybe watching somebody's video uh, of the, of the stream. Um, and, and so Jason was shocked too, you know, and, and he, he, he couldn't imagine how uh, turbo had been able to go through the three days like that. And, you know, some of the, 
uh, something like he would, he's saying he, I'd seen him in the pits. I, you know, I talked to him and he didn't seem, uh, he didn't show that uh, outwardly that something was wrong. Uh, Tyler did say that he wasn't, he didn't visit with as many people as he, as he normally would. He wasn't out there all, all weekend talking to everybody or hanging out after the races and stuff. So I guess if you notice that, then you would have maybe felt something and maybe seen something was different. I mean, there's a couple of times I did go over past Tyler's uh, um, hauler. And I mean, I didn't see him out there. Usually he's out there, you know, frolicking around there with people talking, busting balls, but and he wasn't there. So maybe that was a little indication, but uh, I also did see, I think it was a modified team uh, right after the race. They had a little kind of signboard out there. It was a couple sp uh, pit stalls down from Tyler and it said, uh, you know, uh, Tyler, we love you. You know, uh, Turbo, we love you. I think it said. I think it was Garrett Allison's trailer. Was that, uh, no, it was that was, was the same side as um as as he was on as Tyler oh, was on. Okay. Not not across the way. Okay. I'm not sure. It was a modified team. I'm not really oh, sure who it was. Nice. Uh, you know, and then you know, going on social media afterwards, I happened. You know, I was checking on some what some of the guys that happened to some of the guys that were in the race uh, that I didn't uh, hadn't talked to afterwards and. And uh, I saw like Brandon Shepard had a comment on there uh, that, man, you know, uh, we had a bad weekend, but man, it was all pales in comparison uh, to what happened with uh, with Brandon, you know, and like it was that showed the family aspect of, of the whole race and world. Everybody was on his side. And, and Justin Reed, another driver, he was the one that made the race and uh, he pulled out early. But um, his comment on Facebook was. Uh, was I think was appropriate for it. it really summed everything up he just wrote we were all turbo fans so I think that was pretty much everything I mean there, there was nobody against her uh, Tyler Herb after he won that race uh, it, but it was after I mean I'm sure like when he pulled into the victory lane there was probably turbo you know haters out there that weren't uh, you know happy to see him win that race but as soon as he said that in, in the real world kind of come into the racing world combined there i think nah, everybody had to unless they were totally cold-hearted they had to realize i mean that was a that was a great a, a great moment for him to be able to win that race uh you know kind of in honor of his dad yeah it gets you chills when you just think about it it's also the dumb guys and anything that happens there no matter what a flip a fight chaos a photo finish it's like just amped up like 10 times in like a normal circumstances if we were like at a Fairbury or you know Eldora not even Eldora but Fairbury like Kokomo just all these racetracks we have throughout the year it was very crazy uh any final thought on uh Turbo Robert before we get to like our other favorite moments throughout St. Louis uh no just just obviously con condolences from from everyone from us of course and stuff uh you know Tyler you know, Tyler's a good kid. I think anybody that sat and talked to him for a long time, like we probably have realized that. And so, and I, and I think that, that, uh, most of the racing world that didn't really know him, a lot of the people who didn't really know him prior to this, uh, realize now that he's, he's also a, a very, a very tough kid. So, um, so just, uh, condolences to him and, and prayers to him and his family moving forward for sure. Yeah, well, uh, I'm sure it'll be some tough next couple of weeks for him and his family, but we all know Tyler from interviewing with him, personal stuff afterwards, talking to him when he's not racing, he'll definitely be bouncing back and he'll definitely take what happened here. And I guarantee he'll capitalize on it and make it, you know, better for his racing, his personal life. I know it's tough right now, but looking forward, I think, I think Tyler will, you know, embrace all the challenges he's had here the last couple or the last week and you know do some good things just moving on from that congrats to turbo on the win condolences to his family other craziness happened at the dome you're there for four days you're in the big city robert i'm supposed to ask you how your how your gateway dirt nationals went um i don't know Tur kovac said you might have been homeless for a split second or what's going on there no, it's, uh, you know, St. Louis is always different. You know, it's, it's, it's a unique town. It's there are a bazillion, I have yet to figure this out. There are bazillion hotels in downtown St. Louis. And I wish maybe Kenny Wallace can help us out and tell me, tell us why there are that many hotels in downtown. You know, I'm sure that the, the dome has something to do with it years ago, but they're all still in business. It seems like, and, 
but anyway, the dome and, and the, where it's located is um, it's kind of on the fringe of town. But if you head towards like the the baseball stadium and stuff, you run into all these little neat eateries and uh, tons of hotels still, and and all these little places. And uh, so it's not uncommon to go out for a walk, to go out looking for places, to go out checking on things. And so um, I got up saturday and went to which i'd walked all over i walked to jimmy john's twice down towards the the baseball field so i was looking for a much shorter walk saturday before i went over to the dome so i walked to the mcdonald's that was um the opposite direction from the baseball field so um you know i'm about halfway there and this uh this black suv pulls over and they're like, sir, would, would you like some food? And, I, and I'm thinking, you know, and I'm like, what? And I'm like, no, thank you. I'm fine. So, I mean, like, these people thought I was homeless, which, you know, <laughs> I, I guess, I don't know if it was the neighborhood that I was in or the clothes I was wearing. I was wearing, I was wearing sweats and I was wearing my, my black uh, dirt on dirt jacket. And I did have on a black toboggan, which is, uh, a, a winter hat for you northerners who who in the south we call it a toboggan it's not a sled i was not wearing a sled on my head uh it was it was a winter hat and uh and so i had that on and um so perhaps i did look a smidgen homeless uh but i was walking to mcdonald's to purchase some food and um so anyway at least they were nice to me they they were nice and offered me food uh kevin said he saw me walk by a um walk by a window uh he was in a, a little sandwich shop and i was walking to uh i'd walked to, to actually to dollar general and i'd walked on to uh jimmy john's and kevin said he saw me come by he's like who's that homeless guy and hell hell it was me you know <laughs> and i didn't realize that i looked so so rough um you know over there in St. Louis, but I guess maybe perhaps if, if this gig doesn't work, I, I will, I've got a second career as a panhandler, uh, in, in St. Louis. Um, I, I was, of course, you know, you're all in the big city, in, in the big city, in the city, uh, you always are going to be approached as, from time to time from panhandlers and such. And, and so I finally, I walked to a grocery store, which was kind of out of the way one time. And, was approached and, and I offered the person wanted money and um and I didn't have any cash on me at all and so I looked looked the person in the eye and I was like I'm sorry I don't have any cash would you like for, I'm going in here would you like for me to buy you some food and they just looked at me with like a complete blank stare and I'm like would you like a soft drink would you like me to buy you some milk would you like me to buy you something I can bring it back out and the person like never answered me and uh i mean just gave me no answer and clearly they i guess just wanted the money maybe i don't know maybe they couldn't maybe it was they were stunned the fact that someone was offering to purchase them food or whatever they never answered me so i didn't really know what to do there um then of course there were the random gunshots that i swear i heard one night and then one time kevin uh texted me he's like hey are you okay i heard there was like a shooting somewhere you know and I'm like, I'm fine. I, it, it was a, it was not your average, it was not your average dome experience for me. But once I, the cool thing about the St. Louis area is you could walk right across the street from the hotel, you walk right into the, the dome and, and the atmosphere in there. And once I got in there, I felt safe. I felt loved. I felt like I was with, with our people, with my people, so to speak, you know, and, and, uh, went upstairs and watched the race and had a, a great time as always, uh, regardless of, of, um, don't let my, uh, my weird experiences, uh, slow you down from getting tickets for next year's event, because it is 110% worth it. You know, I've said over and over that this is a, uh, one of those bucket list events that you really need to get to at some point. And I always, I often wish I didn't have to work it. I wish I could just come in and sit down in the stands and, and have a few beers. And, and that's one thing I usually do is throughout the night is I walk around to different places 
I, I, I do kind of explore the dome a little bit, maybe go to places that we're not supposed to be. I don't know. But then, I, like I said, I, I, there was a suite there that was unlocked. I, I watched the race in and uh, went downstairs to where the vendors are. And it's just a crazy, unique atmosphere that every person should uh, – Every person should should try to do this once, you know, just to to say they've done it because, you know, and then they might like, I, I want to do this over and over, but you, you need to do it once for sure. The country mouse hanging out with the city mouse there uh, during the Gateway Dirt Nationals, Robert. What was your favorite on-track moment or inside the dome? That's quite the, quite the story there, though. But really quick, we're just going to do rapid fire of their favorite moment. Oh, yeah. My one of, I guess probably my I'd have to probably have to see say that uh, seeing Cody Bauer just win, uh, win that race, you know, on um, on Friday night in, in the domination race car. It's a it's a swing arm car, and that's just not something that you I like different, and I, and that is different, you know, to see a cat go out there and and get arguably it's not actually his biggest career payday. Uh, he won a ten thousand dollar to win race earlier this year, and it's really kind of funny that he's only won two races and one of them was a $10,000 win race. And the next one was a dome prelim. So, uh, so yeah, probably seeing Cody Bauer win in that uh, rusty slink built domination car. That was, uh, that was one of the cooler moments for me. That was a hell of a race too on that Friday. What was this sign that said in driver intros, the new real deal, you know, giving a little shot at uh, yeah. Tyler Carpenter and Hudson O'Neill, all that fiasco uh kyle what about you i know you were definitely tuning in what was your just favorite moment after just you know watching the highlights or hearing stuff on social media yeah honestly i don't think i have one specific moment but obviously the one moment that caught my eye was the run-in or the the ordeal between hudson o'neill and then tyler carpenter too and uh you know i uh thought that i just had a feeling that tyler carpenter just you know just the way that he's raced on his way to the two dumb victories you know back to back and um that you know he wasn't gonna get away with stuff like that on you know this week and so that certainly happened but um yeah no uh will harrington too um it was uh you know talk about i mean it's not that will hasn't performed this year because he's he's one of our breakout drivers. And so, uh, most improved drivers, um, on our best of series. And so, but to, to see him up, up front and, uh, you know, eight ish laps away from, from getting that victory for him, you know, that was cool too, to something unexpected or, you know, um, there's always, uh, you always expect the unexpected at the dome. And so, yeah, those were, not, uh, yeah, I guess two storylines that I take away from just uh, watching from afar. Yeah, and Will Harrington uh, made some noise on that prelim Thursday when I interviewed him when I was roaming the 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 stadium, and he said that, you know, he was pounding some, you know, bush lattes. Somebody threw a one randomly from the crowd because he was mad they didn't sell it or he was just not in the right spot where he could get one. He is definitely a character, definitely showed out there, led a lot of laps on that Saturday finale. Kovac, what about you? All I do have to say, though, that tussle between Carpenter and Hudson O'Neill, I've never seen a guy as fast as you running into the pit area. I thought you looked like Usain Bolt there for a split second. That was pretty quick, wasn't I? I was in the infield, and then I saw, obviously, Hudson went in first, and then Tyler Carpenter comes across the infield. And I'm like, man, you know what? I'm Tyler's going to have to go right past the Hudson O'Neill pit. So I think I better go over. I'm going to try to make myself get in there. And luckily he got held up. There's a, there was a tow truck coming back through like the annex there uh, that kind of held him up for a minute. So I was able to stay ahead of him uh, to get through there quick. And, and there was a scene I get, and, and that's, that'll stick out with me all weekend. I mean, forever, because uh, we always, again, we always talk about how everything is so accentuated. I was so uh, at the dome and, and man, it was like people were just massing over there by Hudson O'Neill's car, you know, because they knew some there was going to be Carpenter uh, crew coming over there and yelling at him. And there was they were yelling at, at Hudson. I mean, they were yelling some weird things over there. I'm not sure exactly what was, you know, I mean, it, it was it was crazy. 
Uh, and then there must have been about at least a dozen security people uh, that were ended up there. Some there was actually some uh, like full blown police there too that were in the dome, and they come over to you know take care of the situation. There was not going to be a fight with those guys there. But I'm also seeing these all these security guys, and I mean I don't think they have much experience with the dirt racing world, and 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 I could see some of them looking around like being what in the hell is going on here? You know these guys are what what are these people yelling at each other about like what happened on there? You hit me and you hit me into the wall and you did this. I'm gonna kill you because of that. And I, I you, you could just sense that the, the the security was like man this is crazy man I don't know what's happening here and. I, I think that some of the like the, the cops that were there, they were worried that it was going to become a riot or something. And I think Cody Summers did, did actually calm them down about that. Like, I mean, this is this is this is dirt track racing gets accentuated a little bit because it's the dome. We're, we don't have to call the SWAT team in or anything. We'll be all right. Let it calm down a little bit. Just keep them apart. And, and it did. I mean, Tyler Carpenter, it's like. He's talking over there like, man, this is part of the show, you know. I mean, like, I mean, he he had a heck of a, you know, after getting spun out by Hudson, he had to go to the pits and it was out of that heat race, but he did come back and and make it through the B main, you know, and he ended up having a good weekend after that crazy start. But he was involved with plenty of stuff and until Saturday, he he actually made it through the feature without really you know, ruffling any feathers. And he said, that's what he wanted to do. He didn't want all the chatter to be about him getting into people or, or having tangles or controversy. Uh, and he ended up finishing for it, but man, that that's, that was, that was a stick out thing from the weekend. There, there's no doubt. Uh, but like I, I wrote last week in the column about the uh, indoor race said, I'm not a big fan of it, you know, per se, like the whole deal, the whole race. I mean, I'm, I get frustrated so much seeing all those caution flags. And Saturday, there were a lot of caution flags. I think there were 25 in the six qualifiers for the late models and two reds. And it took almost three hours just to do those six races. So that was, you know, two that hours was the and dome. 58 minutes. <laughs> two hours. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was the dome uh, at its worst, I guess, there with all that mayhem and, and just crushing cars and stuff but and i was cursing a little bit there but i like i wrote in the in my story i'm like i'm i know i'm going to be cursing at some point about the, the frustration of so much stuff happening but i know i'll get some sort of story that's going to be there's going to be some stories that come out of this and there was again all, always is that uh at the dome crazy stuff happens uh wow this stuff emotional stuff happens this year with with tyler man you you, you can't beat the storylines though Hey, hold on here. We got a special guest, Colleen. She wants to come. She's got to give her dumb moments. Come here. Come on. Oh, really yeah. Quick. Yes. Colleen just, made me on video. It's just audio. Come here. Colleen come here. made her debut, right? Made yes, her debut a... with our beautiful daughter, Sophie. Come here and say, Hey, everyone. Yeah. So we want to know. We're just talking about the dome. What was your overall thoughts? I know you made your uh, debut at the Gateway Dirt Nationals, and Sophie made her racing debut which she loved the sweet she got to eat popcorn hang out with grandpa sludge so what was your overall thoughts on it and uh i heard that sophie like the pre uh the pre uh race ceremonies with all the loud booms and stuff um she actually she did not like that but everything else was great um she really we all love seeing Derek on tv and all the kids thought that was really cool um i was in shock at all the crashes that happened. Kovac just just mentioned all the yellows that happened. I, yeah, I was in shock about that, but it was really nice because it was inside uh -huh. and um, it was you guys all did a great job. And I really liked that intro video with the, the drone video. That was so good. But good job, guys. Keep up the good work and go flow. <laughs> well, Oscar also, though, Derek, oh, I know yeah. that Kovac's asking first, a question. Her first actual racing laps that she saw, you stuffed her into the grandstand at Fairbury for the modifieds during the PDC. And she, you know, she came back to the campsite thinking, well, oh my God, I mean, you, you dusted her out for her first lap yeah, ever of dirt race. So I think that being in that suite must have been the a first better race that you right? ever went to. I took you to Fairbury when it was dusty for the first mod race. And then you just left the window of the campground the rest of the time. So a lot better <laughs> circumstances inside a suite. Yeah, I'm going to go to three races a year, one at Summer Nationals and Fairbury PDC, but I'm only going one day. <laughs> Because I can't do all weekend, and then this one—they were all really fun. But that—I I think she's—I think she's sucked in now, and she's gonna just be a regular. She's she Hi. will 
she's just sucked in. She's a full-time Dirt Late Model fan now. Oh yeah, she's she's a huge Brandon Shepard fan. So and uh, she, I think Tyler got a new fan as well. That's who Sophie was cheering for because she liked the green car. But <laughs> I'm gonna take Sophie to another racetrack, and she's gonna think, "What the heck did I just watch?" You know, like <laughs> where are all the where are all the sweets? Where's all the candy and brownies inside? Like they ordered the food and stuff. So she'll be uh she'll definitely be shocked at her first actual outdoor race. I mean, the moment, like you said, Kovac, of all those yellows, but who woke up the dome during the B-Main? Got that place the loudest I've ever heard it. Kenny Wallace, you would have thought he won the World 100. Makes the last lap pass, knocks the guy out, wins the last chance race, gets out of his car and starts doing Ric Flair. Woo! Woo! And, like, going like this and stuff. And that place was a zoo. Everybody was kind of getting sleepy because of the long yellows and the fenced repairs and stuff like that. So th- I thought that was a very cool moment as well, guys. Yeah, I, I didn't know what happened. I was in the pits. Everybody's talked about that. But I know that all of Kenny Wallace's crew and other people were over there at one of the trailers watching on, on the video. And they went, I was, as I was walking through the pits, I just heard them go absolutely, you know, crazy. Like, you know, about the, come on, get on past them, you know. And I'm like, who's, I don't even know who was doing it. Ever. I had to kind of figure out that that was Kenny Wallace. And man, I mean, I, I knew something happened, but I didn't know that Kenny did all that extra stuff. That was, uh, I, I missed that being in the pits. It's hard to, you can't hear it all, you know, going when you're in there. Yeah, it was, it was a quite the spectacle just hearing the crowd going nuts because he's the St. Louis guy. Everybody knows him from NASCAR and him to make the, you know, last second pass to get in the show. Cause if he got second, he wasn't getting in. Maybe he could have got a provisional with, you know, Cody Summers, but to do that was pretty sweet because there's not much passing he did a good clean pass to win it place went bonkers it was a zoo and they kind of had that buzz the rest of the way because like we said like those prelims there was a lot of cautions gateways uh was a good time it's uh in the books we'll have it next year it's going to be a week after pri for 2023 so be ready for that the week before christmas we end this show with one more thing kyle lead us off buddy what do you got you gonna talk a little jd you know a lot of the two million dollar man yeah, actually, you know, there was a lot of speculation as to whether he reached the mark or how close he was or everybody's record seemed to be different. And but apparently by his records, you know, Jonathan's records are the official records, I guess, when we're going to calculate his two million dollar season. He surpassed it apparently by uh, twenty seven hundred. So um I thought that he was going to come up short, even even if he won on Saturday. And I had even talked to an XR official or a spokesperson or somebody who worked from XR and asked them, you know, hey, you know, how how close is he? I know you guys made him a sign and and this two million dollar man sign. Like, is that going to be pointless here tonight? And uh, I heard that even if he was going to win, he was going to be short, but apparently not. So good for uh Jonathan Davenport, you know, getting that $2 million season, you know, I mean, look, all, all that he had to do going into this week, if he didn't win on Saturday, he wouldn't have had a shot, but if he won on Saturday, he had to win on Saturday just to give himself a shot at the 2 million. And so he did that. So, Hey, I mean, he took care of business, um, you know, past Mark Whitener there with seven laps left in that feature. And which by the way, both races at all tech, in my opinion, were really good races. So honestly, two of the best races, two of the better races that I've seen this year. So um, it was good action over there. And, uh, you know, while at the Dome, you guys saw a race that you'll never forget and that we all won't forget with Turbo's victory. You know, Jonathan Davenport closed out a season with that win that uh, closed out a season that we won't ever forget either. I think Kovac needs to go back and check out his math because he was one of the first ones saying, oh, I don't think he has it. But, hey, we never know. J.D. might have got a little bonus somewhere along the way to get to the $2 million mark. But, nonetheless, a season we thought would never happen was to get to a $1 million again. He got the $2 million. We'll probably be thinking this, but all the money being thrown at dirt late mile racing, you just never know. It just shows how big the dome was that everything that happened in St. Louis just catapulted way by JD's, you know, $2 million mark, which just says how awesome the St. Louis uh, Gateway Dirt National is. Robert, what about you, buddy? What's your one more thing? Oh, well, 
I would like for uh, either you or Kevin to raise your hand if if one of your one if your one more thing was going to be the Mars series. Raise your hand if it was. I was no. going to say just because of Jonathan Clayton and Curl, but you, I, I was, you got you got it. Well, I can switch something else. I was about to say that, that if you want to talk about you know uh, Matt and what he's doing there, that's great. But I really just wanted to give a shout out to uh, to a person who I really consider a, a good buddy when we're out on the road, and that's Jonathan Clayton uh, for for getting the call from from Curl to to head up this this new venture, which is the Mars series that he has purchased from Tony Izzo. Um, you know, uh, Jonathan is a, a Tennessee boy. He's uh, from over there in, in West Tennessee. I know he lives in, in Illinois there, so you can't really claim him. I guess you can try to claim him a little bit there, um, Derek, but he's originally a Tennessee guy, I think, and he grew up there over in West Tennessee in the, the Milan area going to races at that track. So congratulations to him because this guy, my only fear, I guess, is that with, with Jonathan Clayton, you know, running the show that the Mars series might potentially run 75 to 85 races before these before it's over with. Cause that cat loves to I texted him and said, you got to make this a regional show. We can't have a full blown series, you know, all summer long. He just laughed. Yeah, he will go everywhere. You know, he's, he, he is, I, I consider him a, a, I always say, I send him texts frequently. Are you a glutton for punishment? Cause it'll be, We'll be on the road for 10, 15 days at a time. We'll be seeing these 15 races in 20 days and we'll be needing a break. And then I'll look up and he's attending a, a street stock race and somewhere in, you know, broke down Iowa. And I'm like, dude, go home, get off the road. And he's, he's, he's that guy though. He's a trooper. And uh, hopefully this will give a little stability for him and his, his family. He's got a, uh, uh, new baby uh, it's not very old there and and uh, so but anyway I just want to say congratulations to him and and because uh, it's well deserved he's one of the better guys in our sport that we run across who who really has the sport uh, he loves the sport and he has the, the best uh, interest of the sport you know at heart with everything he does and I I don't think for a moment that he won't do do well in this new role yeah well, this means that Desiree cracked the whip on him that he has to go to less races now because I think he probably went to 200 races a year, but now since he's working for the Mars series full time, will he venture off on races that they don't have uh, a weekend they're going to somewhere? Is he going to venture off and say, hey, let's go to the races? Or Robert, you think Desiree's like, okay, you can still be in racing. You can get this you know, promotion, but you can't be going on another race in Kentucky on an off weekend. <laughs> If he's if he's smart, he will pick and choose wisely the ones he does attend. When he he's still going to go to races when he's not doing the Mars stuff. That's just him. It's, he's he's gonna. If he's smart, he'll dial it back. He'll pick and choose, go to the bigger ones, and leave those. Like I said, the street stock races in Podunk, Iowa. He'll leave those alone. And but the thing is, he loves those too. So but anyway, he'll he'll pick and choose the bigger ones. Let him have those, and uh, and then. We look forward to to a well-run Mars tour coming up. Yeah, big things happen to that series in 2023. Uh, side note, Tony Izzo will still be running in 16 race promotions as well for select events for the upcoming season. Uh, my one more thing is just check out all the freaking content that the Flow like camera guys did. That drone video, If any, I don't know if you guys commonly mentioned it, it's probably one of the best things we've ever done here. So if you ever seen on the internet, Facebook, go check that out. Or just go to flow racing. It's definitely on there. Check out the, you know, everything that they did. Those guys worked their asses off for four days, just like the riders did. But I just want to give a little shout out to uh, Kyler and um, Jared and Tim Trex. Those guys leading the way, just putting a, putting the on-air talent and uh, good uh, spots. Uh, we had Ian flying the drone, but just go check out that drone video because it's one of the best things we've ever done. Great editing skills by uh, the whole staff there. So just wanted to give them a shout out. My one more thing because, because they did some magic this past weekend in St. Louis. Kovac, come on, hit it strong with yours. Let's go. One more thing. I, I mentioned that that drone deal was pretty cool. I mean, that, that drone operator is, is damn good going through the Gordy Gundaker trailer and all over the place and through the concourse and stuff. Uh, pre pretty good job there that did not run into anything. 
Uh, well, my one more thing. There was a notable return on, you know, reunion that happened at the uh, indoor <clears throat> at the dome. And it was the Hammers with uh, Kyle Hammer and his father, Don Hammer. It was the first time they're back together since uh, in June. They had a little falling out there, a little father and son not seeing eye to eye. And, and it ended uh, ended uh, Kyle's like, uh, bid for the you know uh, World of Outlaws uh, Rookie of the Year this year. After he had some good runs early in the season. And, you know, and they were both stubborn and didn't talk to, you know, much for a, for a few months. And then they came back together and. And now, and after Don had sold everything, you know, after they started talking again, he decided to you know, go get another. He bought a rocket car, uh, got a motor. You know, that they don't have a big trailer right now. They just borrowed a trailer and uh, went to the dome. And Kyle had a good, you know, they're back together. And Kyle had a nice, uh, uh, nice weekend. Just fell short of making the big race, but he did pull off a heck of a pass in the last lap to. Uh, you know, in the, in the heat race to get into the in a preliminary night and just, just a little bit short of the feature, but good job for him. And we'll see them race. They're not going to be going out there racing everywhere. Uh, at least this, at least this moment they say next year, but they're going to stay closer to home, but we'll see. It's good to see the hammers back together. It is. Uh, it's funny how racing just seems to racing cures everything. Does it not? <laughs> you know, my, my stepdad and I had a fallen out one time and it lasted for a long time. We didn't speak. He bought a race car and, and won some races and stuff, and I didn't even know about it. I went to the All-American 400 one time in Nashville, and somebody's like, oh, they're racing in Winchester today. I didn't even know it, and they went down there and win this race, right? So we uh, we had a falling out, and then out of the blue, he randomly calls me one day and, and says, hey, uh, can you come down here and put a, a new body on this race car? We got together after that and raced together for many years after that. So racing – truly a family thing and and regardless of what happens you know you know i think that you know it's a family thing it brings you together it can test your patience but at the end of the day you know i think this whole situation with tyler Herb kind of just lets us all realize that there's more to the family than than just racing though you know guys yeah for sure robert holman that was a great uh thing to end the show here gateway dirt nationals tyler Herb. What a weekend and for him and his family to just to persevere and get that big win at the Dome. Jonathan Davenport, $2 million. Don't know if we'll ever see that for a long time. Maybe he'll just top it next year because he's been bad fast here the last couple seasons. Um, this week, PRI, can't wait, you know, sights and sounds, the pre-show. Kyle McFadden's making his debut in Indy for a few couple few days. We got the Lucas Oil Banquet. Well, plenty of coverage of that. Be sure to check out the breaking news on Flow Racing and DirtOnDirt.com. Until next time, we'll see you next week on the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for listening.